I'm reposting this story because it's been over four years since I last shared it. I've been binging this sub recently and thought I would take a shot at getting some more opinions. Sorry for the length, but I wanted to be as detailed as possible. Bear with me because I feel like it's worth it. Hopefully. Okay. So this happened to me about six years ago. Two years at the time of writing this. It really freaked me out at the time, and I couldn't wrap my head around it, and I still can't, but after finding the sub, I figured I would share it with y'all and see if you can shed some light. I want to preface the story that this happened right around New Year's, a couple of years back. At the time, a large group of some old friends had taken a road trip together from the East Coast, to visit myself and some other friends here in Colorado. There were about 14 of them that all caravanned out to stay for a week and to celebrate New Year's in Denver. A couple of days in, everyone decided to all go get food and drinks from this place in Denver, so I took the 40-minute drive from where I live to meet up with them. I drove up to the restaurant and parked my car outside on the side of the street. Everyone was already inside. I turned my car off and got out only to realize I didn't have my wallet. I unlocked and opened the car back up and grabbed my wallet off of the passenger seat. Then I closed the driver's door once again. This is where things get weird. This time, when I reached for my keys to relock the car, it wasn't in my pocket where I could have sworn I had just placed it. I started to check around my other pockets, but it was nowhere to be found. I checked the driver's seat, passenger's seat, and even the back seat, but nothing. Then I thought to myself, what if it fell on the ground when I got out of the car? Maybe it was on my lap. I look on the ground to find a big, dirty, slushy puddle of water from snowmelt, that my car is parked in. At this point, I decide to get an empty 24-ounce coffee cup out of the back seat and start sifting through the water to try to see if it fell in. After about 20 to 30 minutes of sifting through this disgusting water, I give up and go inside to meet my pals. By this time, I'm like 45 minutes late to meet them because I've spent the whole time outside looking for my key. I tell them about the situation, and we all agree that it's definitely somewhere in my car, and to not worry about it too much. We all get food for about another 45 minutes, and then we decide to split. We leave, and about 10 of them, that's not an exaggeration here, came outside to my car to help me look inside and around my car. We all searched high and low, tearing my car apart, looking for that key, but still nothing. After a good 30 minutes, we called it off and someone gave me a lift back to my house. I had to call a tow truck to bring my car home because that was my only key. The next day, I had a locksmith come to my house and make me two new keys, just plain metal, non-electric ones with no fob. I used one and kept the other in my house. Fast forward about two months down the line, my friend and I are at my house and decide to go somewhere. I can't remember where, and we hop in my car. He jumps in the passenger seat, and I in the driver's. While I'm getting my things in order, I see him reach under his butt and proceed to pull something out from under him that he's sitting on. Lo and behold, he pulls out the electronic key that disappeared two months earlier, just right off the passenger seat. It's important to note that this is not a friend who I had been with at all during the time of losing the key. In fact, he wasn't even in the state that week, and I'm pretty sure he knew nothing about me losing it in the first place. For the life of me, I cannot understand how it got there. I know it wasn't there earlier that day or even that month, I would have seen it either cleaning out my car, or one of my ten friends who had helped me search would have seen it sitting there. The crazy thing is, 
a bunch of other people have ridden in my car post-losing that key, and pre-friend sitting on it. Nobody else had ever noticed anything was there under their back end. I don't get what happened, but I know that dang key was not just sitting on that seat for two months. I'm positive of it. I was dumbfounded at the time, and I, honestly, six years later, still am. I've since reconciled the fact sometimes we experience glitches in the Matrix, and it's often best to not overthink it. Otherwise, I'll just drive myself insane. I am curious to hear what y'all's opinions are, or similar experiences have been. First, I just want to state that I live in a tiny coastal town in the northern part of Norway, which is in Europe for those of you that don't know. So my experience happened about half a year ago. I was out on a late night drive. It was around five in the morning when I suddenly saw a huge and very bright white light in the distance. I first assumed that I had completely lost track of time, that it was late morning already, and that the sun was now rising in front of me. However, when I checked the time, I realized that something wasn't right, as the sun wasn't supposed to rise until a couple of hours later. And that's when I noticed that the bright light seemed to be concentrated within a rather limited area. I kept on driving towards the light, which was leading me towards town through our main road, and the closer I got to it, the more it dawned on me that something was wrong. I soon discovered that the light was coming from the sky just above one of our local schools, located just outside town. And right before I arrived there, the light just vanished. I thought it was weird as hell, but... I've experienced much stranger things in terms of the paranormal, and so I just kept on driving and didn't really think much more about it. Just for context, I want to mention that I was the only person outside at the time, which isn't weird, since most people in town were probably sleeping heavily at that point. Fast forward to the next night, I'm on my way home after having visited my uncle who lives in town. He's a night owl, like me. And so far, I'm the only person outside, as far as I know. I'm only about a minute away from the school where I had seen that bright light the previous night, and when I catch up to a car that appears in front of me out of nowhere. This isn't the only weird thing about this car, however, the driver keeps hitting and releasing his brakes, without seeming to have any good reason for why they would do so. I also notice that it's a rather old vehicle that's in front of me. It looked like a late 70s Volvo 240 sedan, which we definitely don't really see here anymore. Anyways, I decided to keep some distance from it because I didn't want to risk any accidents happening. Soon, the car in front of me is just about to pass the school, when the driver suddenly decides to turn left and drive into the school parking lot. I decide to follow it for some reason, and even though I'm keeping my distance, I'm not by any means far behind it. However, just as I turn left and start driving into the parking lot, the car disappears right in front of my eyes. There's no trees, building, defenses, or any other obstacle that's preventing me from seeing the car clearly, or anything like that. I'm probably just about five yards from the car, and seeing it perfectly when it randomly just completely vanishes before my very eyes. I quickly look around in all directions for a few seconds, but the car is nowhere to be seen and there's just no way it could have gotten away without me noticing it. Now, I can't help but feel that these two experiences are connected somehow, since they both happened at the same location. 
I don't have a good explanation for what it all means, though. One idea that I have is that it might just have been a time warp glitch. Psychic abilities and clairvoyance runs in my family, and I certainly wouldn't be the first one of my family members to see vehicles that aren't supposed to exist in my time. Just as an example, as a young woman, my great-grandmother once saw a commercial airline plane that was flying in a rather low altitude, as if it was descending in order to land. The plane was colorless, the vision was in black and white, and it didn't make any sound as far as my great-grandmother could tell. It was only decades later when our hometown got its own airport, and a commercial airline started flying here that she recognized their plane as the type of plane she had seen all those years ago. The story was told to me by my uncle after I had told him about what I had seen. It might also be partly relevant to what I experienced, as my great-grandmother had her vision just a little further down, a few yards or so, the main road that I was driving on. I am interested in hearing what you all think about my experiences, though, is there a connection, or are you inclined to believe that it was all just random illusions that I made up in my head? So, this just happened, and it gets weirder by the minute. Last month, I purchased a two-pack of Wilton cinnamon oil in order to make Christmas candy. I was especially looking forward to it because, as a child, I ate anise hard candy every Christmas. But I wanted to have cinnamon oil as a backup in case nobody liked the anise. This year I had enough time that I thought I would tackle the project, since I've not had tasted either in many years. Not one hour ago, I tore every cupboard, closet, and over, under, inside, behind each drawer in my entire house looking for this oil that I distinctly remember ordering and opening. It came on a hanging yellow and purple cardboard pack, which was, as I said, Wilton brand. When it came in the mail last month, I held up that package and showed my family what it was, and asked that nobody, you know, mess with it, until after I've made the candy. After ripping the house apart, I asked my husband if he remembered the cinnamon oil. Yes, of course, he replied. I was looking forward to trying the candy. I asked him if he remembered what it looked like. Yeah, a purple and yellow package, two tiny bottles. I tell him that I can't find it, anywhere. I've destroyed the house, over half an ounce of cinnamon oil. He then helps me look. No one has been in my kitchen at all during November or December, other than myself, my son, who is six, and my husband. We keep the doors locked when we're not in there. Absolutely no one could have moved it, and now I'm kind of bugging out. There's nowhere that this stuff could be hiding in my house. No one was here. We don't have pets or ghosts or anything at all that would remotely explain it not being where I remember putting it. So where is it? I've had an emotional holiday season and day, and I just want to make some candy and this is making me feel a little crazy. I start questioning whether or not I even really bought it, which, of course, doesn't help. It dawns on me. The purchase history. At least I can see that I did order it, and then I won't feel crazy. I just want to see proof that I had it, and feel like I can trust what the screen says, can't I? But, it's not there. It isn't in the purchase history for Walmart, where I order groceries online, and sometimes things get shipped to the house. I checked the individual orders, 
because it'll display when an item was ordered but out of stock. Not there. I bounce over to Amazon. Nope. I'm kind of laughing at this point because this is just silly, right? I mean, I can run out and find some more oil, maybe. Or maybe I need to be mentally evaluated, but my husband distinctly remembers it too. We were both standing near the dining table, and our son was sitting at the table late afternoon, like 4.30. It came in a yellow padded envelope. I showed them the oil. I put it back into the envelope and put the envelope in the cupboard where I keep all my flavorings and baking supplies. We then went out for tacos. I was wearing a white shirt. I spilled a little horchata on it. My husband had the barbacoa this time, and I had the al pastor. I remember this entire day. So I go to my email, whereas we all know any time an order is placed, confirmed, shipped, or delivered, there's an email for that. I should have three or four separate emails for the one order that I placed, because if there was some technical glitch on the apps or the website... I should at least be able to see the email. Except, it's not there. I try every keyword I can think of. I scroll through my orders. Nothing. There is neither email evidence nor in-app order history of me having purchased this oil at all. As far as anyone could possibly tell by looking in my home or online... I have no proof of ordering and receiving this package. Only my memory. In theory, that would be fine. I could just attribute it to my imagination, or a dream, perhaps. Maybe just stress or something. But my husband remembers everything the same way I do, and that I cannot explain. This all just feels like a glitch to me. Having binge-listened to a large portion of the Glitch in the Matrix stories here on the As the Raven Dreams channel, I thought I would share just a smidge of my reality-shifting life. The first thing I want to make clear is that Glitches in the Matrix are very much a part of the phenomenon known as the Mandela Effect. I've been disappointed to hear people being rejected from Mandela Effect pages as not relevant, a change in your reality is a Mandela effect. And there are many wonderful channels online if you're interested in connecting with people just like you who have extraordinary experiences. That being said, for me, middle-aged woman from England, it began in 2015. For me, McDonald's changed to McDonald's, and someone pulled me up for my spelling, which I laughed at, at first. But then I began to notice that all of the McDonald's fronts changed from red to green. I mean all of them. No disruption to the service while painters up and down the country rushed to paint the fronts of all the premises. They just simply changed suddenly to green. I did mention it to people who didn't seem to notice or care, and I just went along with it. That was the beginning of years of wondering why certain logos and brand names had changed, and it wasn't until three years later that I had my next uh, encounter with reality. I was walking through my hometown with my grandson. Now, bear in mind... My hometown is very old and has buildings of historical importance. The chief judge in the regicide of Charles I lived there, and we have something called blue plaques which adorn buildings of national importance nationwide. As we were walking down the main street, I noticed a beautiful black iron plaque about 18 inches long embedded in the ground outside of a shop which was circa 1400. The plaque outlined the long history of the shop in beautiful gilt writing. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I exclaimed, adding, The council have surpassed themselves there. 
And we walked across the road to the 500-year-old pub where the chief regicide of the king worked and served his articles. The building has a blue plaque on the wall because, of course, this is a building of national importance. As we crossed the road, I could see that, there, embedded in the pavement, was another splendid black plaque, stating the history of the building. I commented to my grandson that, it's beautiful, but that building already has the blue plaque, and it says the same thing. We walked on, discussing the town's history. A few days later, I was walking past another building, which now sits beside the bypass, but had been the town's registry office. My youngest daughter had been registered there before it was shut, and the registry moved out of town. It was now a wedding boutique. I didn't know anything more about the history of the building, until I noticed the black plaque sitting outside of the building, again, embedded in the pavement, again, in beautiful gilt writing. The plaque told me that it had once been a cottage hospital, built in 1866. I admired the plaque and was happy with the new knowledge that it had given me. I don't live in my hometown, and it was a number of weeks before I was, once again, walking through my town center. I walked around the corner and stopped in my tracks. No black plaque. I rushed towards where I had clearly seen it embedded, and there was nothing there. And I mean, nothing. No mark in the pavement to indicate it had ever been there at all. Nothing. Not a silch. The two other plaques had also disappeared with no sign of their existence at all. I don't know what the bloody hell was going on. I didn't know about the Mandela effect or glitches in the Matrix at that point, And I told my husband what had happened. He thought I had just had a dream. I explained that the plaques had been there over the course of a few months, and that I read that the wedding dress shop on the bypass was the cottage hospital built in 1866. How could I know that from a dream? He thinks I had a psychic dream. He worried my daughter about it. I visited the town hall to find out some history about the building, and sure enough, it was the cottage hospital built in 1866. There have been uncountable changes in reality. Glitches in the Matrix, Mandela effects, same thing. Why and how? Nobody knows, but some big stuff is going down and we're in it together. Share the love, beautiful people, and thank you for your time. Whatever that is. <laughs> As a child, I used to entertain this fantasy. I'm assuming the majority of people space out from time to time. However subtle or severe the semi-unconscious occurrence is presented, it's both unique to the individual and similar to the experiences of others. With that understanding, you can also identify the feeling of snapping out of it or the moment when the zoning out ends and the alertness returns, to leave you asking yourself, where was I, and how long was I there? But to put it broadly, as an adult, it is more so an avalanche of thoughts that I can actually recollect. But as a child, it was more like waking up from a nap. I used to imagine that when this would happen, that the whole world was being paused, Everyone and everything was motionless, unaware, and unable to sense this pause the world over. It may have lasted a couple of seconds or a whole day, but everyone experienced it simultaneously and snapped out of it at the same time, then continuing about their lives without noticing. Everyone except me, of course. <laughs> I grew up in southwest Michigan slash northwest Indiana and my family has 200 acres in Knox, Indiana, Toto Road for reference, that we use mainly for hunting. We hunt mornings and nights for two weeks straight when deer season arrives in November, only making occasional trips to town for necessities or dinner at a restaurant some nights. 
This leaves afternoons wide open for hanging out and doing absolutely nothing. One day, when I was 16, me and my cousin were talking and playing catch with a bouncy ball out in the drive in front of the cabin after the morning hunt, and we were probably about 75 yards apart. All of a sudden, he stops and turns around. He looks confused, and after about 30 seconds of watching him turn in curious circles, I started shouting something along the lines of, What are you doing? He started walking towards me, looking around quizzically. He got close to me before his bewildered gaze was then focused on me. He whispered, Do you hear how quiet it is out here? I laughed at how serious he came across at first. I was imagining something much more urgent seconds earlier as he approached me, but his demeanor ceased to budge, and without words demanded my full attention to his question. We stood there and stared at the ground. It was quiet. A quiet like I've never experienced before or since. This wasn't just quiet, this was an absolute absence of sound. As I realized he wasn't just joking around, my hair stood on end from the top of my head and I got chills through my arms. Indiana's flat. You can hear cars and trucks from a mile away out in the country. When there's no cars around, the air is still filled with the noise of cicadas, birds, leaves in the wind. There was no wind. No wildlife. No motion to the surrounding area whatsoever. The universe, in this moment, was unnervingly still and lifeless. So much that the leaves and the trees were frozen in time. You could have heard a pin drop in the sand. And this persisted, and we stood there exploring this moment for five minutes tops. Not moving a muscle, let alone speaking and interrupting the pure silence. As quickly as it set on... A gust of wind that started weak and grew in strength gave way to a truck rumbling in the distance, and the familiar hum of insects and leaves rustling all around us. And this was perhaps even more unsettling, as the noise made the silence feel all the more real. This story is 100% true, and I would like to know if anyone here has experienced anything similar. I've been thinking about this pretty much once a day since it happened, and I still can't explain what the hell went on. So, in mid-November, myself and my partner were staying in the East Sussex countryside in England for their birthday. On our first full day there, we went on a long walk to some woodlands. The countryside around there, unlike in the north of England where I'm originally from, seems like it's pretty much entirely owned by various rich families as a part of their estates instead of proper public land slash open farmland. On our way to the woodland, we were walking through this big field that was obviously owned by some rich family because there were these trees that had been severely chopped back and preened. On the other side of this big field, there was this machine that looked like it'd be used by tree surgeons, slash people who control how and where trees grow. It had an attachment, like a small digger, and on the back what looked like a lift-type thing to elevate whoever up to the tree to chop at it. Earlier that day, we accidentally ended up on private land and got a bit told off and told to turn back around. As I said, the land being open to the public and not is a bit confusing. So when we saw this machine, which was on, moving, and looked to be doing something with the trees around about where we would need to exit to get back to the path... We both expressed a bit of worry that we were in the wrong place to get where we were going, or that we took a wrong turn onto some land that did look private, and that we'd have to turn around and go back the way we came. In my head, 
I was anticipating seeing someone in the machine controlling it and preparing myself for a confrontation. As we approached said machine, however, we realized it wasn't actually moving. Even though both of us later on would communicate that we both heard and saw it move. Anyway, we walk up, it's not moving, there's no one controlling it. In fact, this machine hadn't been moving for a long time. The joints were rusted up, and in the attachment that looked like a digger, there was soil that had grass, yes, grass, growing out of it. We both looked at each other in amazement, obviously having the same simultaneous experience of hearing this thing from across the field, seeing it move, and expecting to see someone slash talk to someone. I was so freaked out that I spent like 10 minutes walking in the trees behind where this machine was, looking for somebody. Or, I guess trying to hear if someone was powering a different machine nearby. But there was nothing, and no sound. No other person. Only us left completely confused, and a little freaked out. I know people might likely say, Oh, you saw the machine and assumed you heard it or saw it move, but it was such a matter-of-fact experience for us both that neither of us even expressed that we had seen it move or heard it. It wasn't an, is that machine moving, is there someone working here? It was only when we were both confronted with the machine that was very much out of order, and had been for years probably, that we realized we'd both seen and heard the same thing, only for it to blip out of existence as soon as we got closer. Since I stumbled on this topic, I've been searching my memory for weird things that might have been called a glitch. Now, keep in mind that I'm generally a skeptical person. I'm open to the possibility, though, and I had a eureka moment when my wife brought up something that happened to me about 12 years ago when I was living in Japan. I was about 27 at the time, I think, and I was in the military and living on base with my wife and kids. One evening, I went out with my friends and I saw this amazing, drop-dead gorgeous woman playing pool with her date that was obviously not going well. We did eventually chat briefly through a mutual friend and introduce ourselves, but besides stealing quick glances as she bent over the pool table for the rest of the evening, I left it alone. She was quite flirty with me, much to the joy of my ego. My friends, I was tempted. I was very tempted. Everything about this woman was my type, but that's okay. That's part of life and part of marriage. The trick is saying no. I think her name was Sarah. She was not drinking, nor was I. In fact, I was the designated driver. At around 11pm, I started taking my friends home. She left at the same time, and walked home to the building across the street. It was around midnight when I got home, and relayed the story of my evening to my wife before we went to bed. Yes, including Sarah. We're married, not dead. The next day, I'm out with my wife picking up some stuff for the house when we run into, you guessed it, Sarah. She walks right up to me, gives me a hug, looks at my wife, and goes... You have the wildest husband. Holy crap, we were out until 7 this morning, and I had to drop him off at your front door. I'm amazed he's so pulled together. That was an epic party. I tell her that I went home at the same time she did, that neither of us were drinking, and that the evening was overall kind of dull for the both of us. She blushed and gave me this look as my wife glanced away. You know the look. And then she walked away. She then texted me, which I never gave her my number, and said, don't worry, I can keep a secret. While I did eventually end up striking a pretty casual friendship with Sarah, the night that she remembers is 100% different from the night that I remember. 
talking to her later, she remembers people that weren't there. She said she wasn't on a date, and we spent the whole night getting handsy until we snuck off together and went partying out on the town before landing back at her place to go at it like starved bunnies. Me and my friends remember the same thing. I was sober. My friend Eddie introduced me to Sarah. She and I chatted briefly. But otherwise, I went back with my friends and drove them all home at 11. They remember her being flirty with me when we met, but that was it. My wife still jokes about me going sleep partying after I went to bed that night, because it's still one of the strangest things that happened to us. Well, I guess... I'm glad that at least in another universe, I have some serious game. I'd like to ask if anyone else has had an experience like this. I've had a handful of weird things happen in the woods in the years that I've been camping. This one and one other experience have both stuck with me a lot. So, this happened in September of 2017 in the Kettle Moraine State Forest in southeast Wisconsin. Two friends and I decided to do a last-minute camping trip before the end of summer and classes getting into full swing. I was going into my grad school year, and my two friends were going to be seniors. None of us had been drinking when this happened. We set up camp and decided to go for a hike along the Ice Age Trail that ran next to the campground before it got too dark. We didn't leave with a specific plan in mind, but found a loop trail and continued on that. This section of the woods had trails that were on top of a ridge, so there were steep drop-offs on either side. Not like you would die if you fell, but pretty steep. A 20-foot hill drop, more like. So, you really can't go off trail. So, the trail is probably four or five miles, and by this point, we're going on our last mile and the sun is setting. We didn't realize we would take this long, so none of us even had our headlamps with us. But that's fine, since... We guesstimate we only have about another mile left or so. We round a small corner, and the trail ahead has trees arching from either side of the path overhead, creating a doorway, almost. This wouldn't be a big deal, except for the fact that the area of this doorway was shimmering. Almost like when you drop a stone into water and it ripples and sloshes a bit. We all stopped, and one of us said something along the lines of, Am I dehydrated, or does that look weird? That's the best way I can describe it, at least. We all saw it, but there was no turning back at this point. We only had maybe 30 minutes of daylight left. It couldn't go around and couldn't turn back. Finally, one of us, I think it was me, but I don't recall for certain, stuck our arm through. Nothing happened. It still looked the same, shimmering like water or heat off of blacktop on a hot day. We all walked through and were fine, seemingly. We joked for a few weeks or days that we stepped into an alternate universe. I'm only friends with one of the friends now, and a few years later... I brought it up to her, and she'd just say she didn't want to think about it. It didn't impact me that way. I just thought and still think that it was odd. Anyways, I've heard of stairs in the woods, but we can't be the only ones to encounter a portal in the woods. I thought I would post my other unexplained glitch here as well. And like I said in my previous post, I've seen slash felt a number of weird things in various national parks and national forests. 
am actually going to get my Wilderness First Responder certification this March because of some uneasiness last summer in a remote park. But really, only this and my other posts could be described as a glitch in the Matrix. I did a volunteer program after college, and we frequently went on nature retreats as a big group. This happened in November 2018 at a campground just east of Mount Rainier National Park. It was so remote that no one in our nearly 50-person group had cell phone service. Our only tie to the outside world was a ranger that came to check on us once a day. We weren't allowed to have alcohol or drugs at these retreats, so no, none of us were intoxicated in the slightest. There were a couple of cabins throughout the campground, and if you walked through the trees a bit, there was a sizable lake. A few friends and housemates and I wanted to look at the night sky because we all knew it would be full of stars. This is Washington State, so all the trees are massive and block out most of the sky. The only place we'd really be able to see stars would be over the small lake. So, we head down to the lake area despite it being pretty cold, and there's two logs there for us to sit on as well. We settle in waiting to see some shooting stars. It was a running joke in our house that we needed to see five shooting stars when camping or in the woods in order to fall asleep. Four or five of us in this group all lived together at the time, so we're all steadily watching the night sky for about 10 to 15 minutes when this happens. It only happened for maybe half a second but we all saw it. For the shortest moment of time, half of the sky went completely white. Just stark white. Like a sheet of paper was placed over half of the night sky, right down the middle. After a moment, one of us said, Did everyone see that? We all confirmed what we saw. If you read my last post, you know that I of course was wanting to figure out what it was. I never found a solid explanation, and similarly with my other friends, these friends also told me to stop talking about it whenever I brought it up months or years later. It wasn't scary to me, just, again, super odd, and I don't have an explanation for it. It made no sound and was gone before any of us could comprehend it beyond what I described. It wasn't lightning. I'm from the Great Lake region, so I know lightning. And it wasn't an airplane, so... I have no idea. In the late summer of 2018, I started my first job out of college as an outdoor educator in upstate New York. For this position, I lived in a small cabin in the woods on the company's 350 acres of forest, along with my seven other co-workers. When I moved into the room that would be mine for the next year, it was a mess. Old remnants from the summer camp were scattered about the room, Dust and spiders occupied the corners, but an old curtain with an outdated pattern was tied in a neat knot hanging in front of the window on the wall near my bed. I wasted no time cleaning the place to my liking and redecorating in a way that felt more like me, since I would be living there for the next year. I brought in my quilted comforter with soft seashell patterns I put a pink salt lamp in the corner, and I replaced the ugly curtain with a gray and white striped one that better suited my style. Oh, and of course, I added some twinkle lights. A few days went by, and I started to settle into my new home. I believe it was still my first week on the job. It could have been the second. I went to bed as usual. I slid my curtain shut slid because I just push it to one side or the other, 
I don't tie it in knots. I turned off my salt lamp and went to sleep. I'd not been drinking any alcohol, using any substances, and I wasn't even super tired or anything. The next morning, I woke to find that my curtain had been tied in a neat little knot, just as the old curtain was the day that I moved in. Now, mind you, I had a roommate, so the very first thing I did was ask her if, for some reason, she did this, or if she noticed me doing it in my sleep. She looked confused, but she said she didn't. I thought about the possibility that she was just playing a prank on me. I'm not sure how she would have thought to do that. However, the way my bed was positioned against the wall, right up next to the window, she would have literally had to climb on top of me to do that, and it surely would have woken me up. Although it could be possible that I did this in my sleep, I have a hard time believing this because tying up curtains like that is not something I have ever done. I always slide them to one side or another. In fact, when I tried to imitate how it had been tied to show my roommate, it was not natural. It took me a minute to even figure out how to do it that way. The funny part is, is that I decided I liked the look of the knot, and after that incident... I started tying my own curtains up that way. I still, to this day, do not have an answer as to how this knot appeared in my curtain on my bedside window. However, I'd love to ponder theories. I'm posting this. Wondering if someone may be able to help me identify what I experienced a few days ago. I went out to scrape the ice off of my car at about 4.45 in the morning. It was still completely dark and the sky was clear. The moon and stars were visible. As I was scraping the windshield, something in the sky caught my eye. I looked up and saw a square shape, as if cut out from the sky. It was a lighter blue color and fairly big. It looked as if someone had taken a knife and literally cut the shape out. It looked unreal. The sky around the shape was undisturbed. The light of it only lit up the square and nothing more. It was mesmerizing. There was an absence of sound that accompanied it, which added to the sense of something being very wrong. I was frozen in place staring at it. I was scared because it was so completely absurd and not natural. There's not usually much sound so early in my neighborhood. The highway is close enough that I can hear the distant noise of that. As soon as I made eye contact with the square, all of that noise was gone. Still frozen, staring at the square in the sky, I did nothing. I wanted to run back inside my house and wake someone else up so I wouldn't be alone. I felt like whatever I was seeing in the sky somehow knew that I was down there and looking up at it. I cannot begin to describe the terror that began to take hold of me. And finally, the shape began to fade in a very peculiar fashion. It dimmed from the right side first, and then across until it was all gone. I had to fight with myself to carry on like normal once it had left. I couldn't understand what had just taken place. Here are a couple things I feel I should add. At 4.45am is my usual time to be up and outside. I wasn't overly tired. I think when I felt like it knew I was looking at it, it was caused by paranoia since my brain was trying to comprehend what was happening. I did try googling the shape, but I came up empty-handed. I don't feel like this is an extraterrestrial experience. Maybe interesting to add, ever since witnessing this, my sense of time has been off. I'll feel like I spent hours upon hours doing something, when in reality it's only been one hour. 
I sleep and wake up feeling as if I'm going to be late because I slept for so long, when in reality, I've only been asleep for around half an hour. I still feel super uneasy thinking about this, or talking about it. I know that may seem silly since it was just a shape in the sky. I truly wish I could show someone else what it was like. Has anyone heard of such a shape randomly appearing? Or anything like this at all? I don't think I've posted this before, but if I have and somehow forgot, my apologies. Boring, relevant info first. I was born in New South Wales, Australia. The capital is Sydney, and my hometown for the first two years of my life was a few hours' drive north of Sydney. At the age of two, my family left New South Wales and moved even further up north to Queensland, putting us many hours in the opposite direction of Sydney, about 18 hours by car. Fast forward to 2013, and I meet a guy in Sydney online, and we start dating. He visits me the first lot of times, and then I went down there to see him. He decided to show me around the markets and other areas. Now, I'd never been to Sydney that I could remember, but suddenly assumed that I must have been because I remembered pretty much everything. The streets, the markets, the roads, I remembered it all. I also remembered riding the monorail, which was opened in 1988, and decommissioned in early 2013. Growing up, I always remembered the experience and my sister being with me while I was on it. It was such a clear memory that I never thought to inquire as to whether it actually happened. When I got back home, I told my mom about seeing everything again, and remembering riding the monorail, and how now it was no longer operating. My mom looked at me strangely, and told me that she had never taken me to Sydney, at all, and that while my family lived in New South Wales and moved to Queensland when I was two, there had never been a trip to Sydney. To this day, I have no idea how I knew my way around Sydney, or how come I remembered riding the monorail with my sister when my family says it never happened. For some bonus weirdness, to add to it, the guy I was dating was quite bizarre, and I ended up believing he was a spy. He had claimed to go by one name and to work in a particular place. Turns out, he had never worked there despite regularly chatting to me about his workplace and the people there in an animated way as if he had. He also claimed to be a schoolteacher under another name. And at one stage, years after we had broken up, he appeared as a suggested friend on Facebook under yet another name, before that profile quickly disappeared. He also took regular private flights somewhere, with people he claimed had offered him money to play poker with, despite the fact that he wasn't actually much of a poker player. So yeah, that was strange. Okay, so this is the only glitch in the Matrix moment I can remember off the top of my head. But even it isn't as exciting as some of the other stories on here. And even though it happened like three years ago, I still think about it occasionally. In the bathroom, there is virtually always a small colorful plastic cup right next to the sink. If you want a small drink of water or to wash out your mouth after brushing your teeth. One night, I went into the bathroom to have a shower, and I noticed that the cup was missing. I thought it was a bit strange, but really thought nothing of it. Our shower is small and is detached from the bath. You can only get in from opening a glass door. Any Australians here should know what I'm talking about. The shower has a small dugout area that goes into the wall, 
which stores soap, shampoo, etc. Imagine having an inverse ledge, if that makes any sense, whereby it goes inside the wall rather than jutting out. This inverse ledge is the only part of the shower that can hold something raised above the ground. There is also always a towel or two thrown atop the glass wall that isn't the glass door. So, I went into the shower to shower, and I remember the ledge being completely normal. I would have noticed the cup being in the shower because it would have been completely out of place and easily recognizable. As I was showering, I was either facing the inverse ledge or the glass wall with the towel, and suddenly I saw the freaking cup out of the corner of my eye at near my eye level, like 1.6 meters above the ground. I turned, and it makes a sound against the floor as it fell from out of nowhere. I just remember being literally stunned for like a minute and confused out of my mind. What makes this weird? One, there is no way the cup could have been in the inverse ledge, and furthermore, then suddenly fall on the glass wall side, which is on the left to the inverse ledge wall. Two, there's no way the cup could have been inside the towel or behind it, or something, as the towel was either flat or wouldn't have been able to hold the cup anyways. I did not interact with the towel as this happened. And third, there is no way the cup could have fallen from atop the shower walls as it had no way to balance on the top, and even if it did, it didn't look out of the ordinary. And that is my only experience that causes me to doubt my sanity. In October, I was driving on Snoqualmie Pass late at night when a semi-truck drove through a barrier separating the westbound and eastbound lanes. No one was killed, but the truck was laying on its side across one lane, and between the three vehicles that had been hit and the debris from the barriers, both lanes were completely blocked. Traffic was stopped, and I was among the cars stuck on the pass with no clue about what had happened. A few hours later, they had enough of my lane clear, the one that didn't have a semi laying across it, that we were able to slowly continue driving. As we got closer to the wreck, we started to see the debris that had been moved to the side of the road, and eventually I was shocked to see an ambulance halfway over part of the broken barrier, with its front wheels on my side of the barrier, and the barrier completely crumbling around it. It had definitely been part of the accident, and had gone over the barrier. Not too far away was more of the cars that had been hit, and the sideways semi. I assumed that the ambulance had crashed on its way to help. I remember staring at it and wishing that I had a chance to take a picture, but I got several good looks at it. The idea of an ambulance being involved in an accident was crazy to me, and I just couldn't stop staring. I was on the phone with my mom and described what I saw, and also described it to my friends in a group message the next morning, before I had researched the accident. The next day, I went online to find out the story of what had happened, and reports did say that an ambulance had been involved, but when I saw pictures from the scene, I was surprised to see pictures of the ambulance on top of another car, not halfway over the barrier like I clearly remembered. I thought two ambulances must have been involved, and I asked about it on a Facebook post made by the department. The ambulance belonged to where they had reported the accident, and I asked if there had been two ambulances, and described what I saw. They commented back saying there was only one, and suggesting that the ambulance I had saw had been parked in a gap in the barrier to assist with the accident. But I didn't see an ambulance parked in a gap in the barrier. 
I saw an ambulance with two wheels in the air, resting on a crumbling barrier, pointing right into my lane, as if it had crashed through it. So I'm still trying to work out what the heck happened. This happened when I was a teenager, like pre-2000. I had just gotten home and no one was there. There were no cars, nothing. I go to my room to listen to music. I didn't have a computer and smartphones weren't a thing. I start getting hungry, so I walk to the kitchen. I look out the hallway window and there's still no cars in the driveway. I walk through the living room and I look directly at the couch. No one is there. Finally, I get to the kitchen, make a sandwich, and get a cup of water. As I'm walking back through the living room, my stepdad says, Aren't you going to say hi? I drop everything and scream like a ten-year-old at their first haunted house. I ask him when he got home, and he hits me with some glitches. He says he's been home since before I was, and he was wondering why I hadn't said hi when I got home. I said, no way, your truck isn't outside, and you weren't on the couch when I came in or went into the kitchen. Then he says, dude, you walked in, looked me dead in the eye, and didn't say anything. You then walked to your room and started listening to your music way too loud. And then I see you strolling towards the kitchen, look me dead in the eye, and still didn't say anything. Now you come out of the kitchen, spill stuff everywhere, and blame me like I'm a freaking ghost or something? I've been here the entire time, and my truck's been there too. I immediately opened the door to find that his truck was there, and then cleaned up my mess while he grumbled about me being ungrateful, among a few other choice words. To this day, I have no idea how that happened, but... I swear on everything that's holy that he was not there when I got home, and his truck sure as heck was not there either. I know, because the way I walked up the porch would have meant that I walked through his truck. His truck was also loud. Very loud. And had he got home while I was in the kitchen, I would have seen him or at least heard him. Plus... Even if he was trying to mess with me, how did he know exactly what I did when I came home? And why was he so upset when he accomplished his goal of freaking me out? I... I think that I might be an NPC. first time posting here, but I'm ridiculously puzzled, and I need to tell someone that won't think I'm insane. I went to bed last night, after staying up and watching the ball drop. I read for a bit, took my dog out, and then I went to bed. Before going to bed, I realized that my apartment was a bit of a mess. Clothes on the floor, a few dishes scattered around, some plastic wrap left about from Christmas... And I planned to clean it all today. My dog and I went to my room, locked the door, and went to sleep. For context, I live alone in a second-story apartment. I have security cameras on my front door and back balcony, and also have a doggy cam pointed at my dog's crate in my bedroom, that also has my bed in frame. I rewatched the videos from last night, and there was no movement beside the usual stand up and stretch my dog does, and me tossing and turning a bit in my sleep. But when I woke up and walked out to my living room, it was clean. Clothes were picked up and in the washing machine, not running or full, dishes cleaned and put away in the cabinets, plastic from the Christmas presents thrown away. Everything was back in its usual place, and I've been trying to figure out what the hell happened. I have no history of sleepwalking, and the camera would have picked it up, and no one came into my house. I just can't figure it out, so 
I wanted to see if anyone has any kind of explanation or has experienced something like this before. To add, the CO levels in my apartment are fine. There's no evidence of any kind of cast leak. Downstairs neighbors had their detectors checked too, and it was fine. I'm pretty good at keeping up with my annual doctor visits and have screenings fairly often. Cancer, heart, and thyroid issues run in my family, unfortunately. But I'll make a note of it to discuss with my doctor if anything else happens. To address some of the questions and comments that have been left, I do not drink or take any recreational drugs. Any meds I take, I've been on for over three years with no issues. I have cameras and lock my bedroom doors because I'm relatively young and I live alone. I also have a legal background and understand the significance of evidence if anything were to ever happen. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well. <laughs>